All right, hi, I'm Chris Searles from BioIntegrity. I'm the author of this series of papers that is a collection of research up through about July of 2021 on various aspects of how our life support system is formed by the composition of other life. The history of that, how that compares to other planets in the universe, and also how that relates to our climate system and what's possible for us in terms of a climate solution by restoring the integrity of our biosphere. In this podcast, The Value of Us for Earth, Earth versus the Universe, we're comparing planetary life support systems on this planet to those on other planets and the potential habitability for human beings to set the record straight. If you click on the link to the paper, you'll see an image of Earth from 3.7 five billion miles away, so nearly four billion miles away, taken in 1990 by Voyager 1. It's called the pale blue dot. It's a famous photo because it just shows this teeny dot out in the middle of a big nothingness. And that, of course, is there to emphasize, underscore, and bold the word space. It's not a metaphor for a awesome thing. It's a metaphor for emptiness. It's uh, there's just nothing out there. I think this is what's happening when the people of uh, extraordinary means get in these spaceships now and go up above Earth. They realize there's nowhere to go other than Earth. So, with that in mind, here is part four of the paper series, The Value of Bios for Earth. And this paper is called Earth versus the Universe. Paragraph one, there's only one life support system of the more than 4,500 planets surveyed by NASA to date, none show definitive signs of being capable of hosting plants, animals, or a life support system for humans. In fact, as of this writing, no other planet has been found to host even a single microbe. And since this writing, the James Webb Telescope has gone up and the same is still true. A more scientifically accurate name for Mars, the red planet, is Mars, the dead planet. Mars is in no way capable of hosting human life today or in the imaginable future. The closest planet that might host microbial life is more than 73,000 years away by modern space travel technology. But that planet is also already known to be deadly to humans. So the next nearest potentially habitable planet for human beings is more than 200,000 years away by modern space travel technology. Of the top five, quote, potentially habitable planets known to science, none of these planets have been confirmed to have rocky surfaces, water, atmospheres. Biosphere Earth, the composition of life and living ecosystems on Earth, is the only planetary life support system for humans. Paragraph 2. Earthbound Reality. Elon Musk once said, quote, not being a spacefaring civilization would be sad. 
but not investing in rescuing the only human life support system is sadder. In this time of biospheric collapse due to overconsumption and destruction of Earth's living resources, human civilization should be asking one primary question. How biospherically rich and secure can we make our way of life today? Instead of focusing on built technologies and communion with the stars as our highest forms of advancement today, humans should be investing in one to 1,000 year plans to rescue, restore, and live in balance with Earth's life support system. There is no future for humans without a robust planetary biosphere. And numerous studies show biospheric rescue, restoration, and economics can provide more than enough carbon absorption to stop and reverse climate change. That claim is backed up and detailed in papers 5, 6, 7, and 8. I also want to detail the graphics that are in this paper. There's two very simplistic graphics that just map out what we're talking about in this Earth versus the universe analogy. The first one is called Top 5 Candidates for Earth's Replacement. And this is based on the Earth Similarity Index put together by the University of Puerto Rico at Arecibo, which bases all their data off of NASA their Planetary Habitability Laboratory and their Habitable Exoplanets Catalog. <clears throat> so the planet that I mentioned that has the most probability of microbial life at some scale that's about 73,000 years away, it has an Earth Similarity Index of 87. So that's not the highest, but that's the closest one, and it's too radiated for human life. The next closest one, Tea Gardens, that's Proxima Centauri b. The next closest one, Tea Gardens b, that's over 200,000 years away. It has the highest Earth similarity, which means only that it's in the closest range to its sun, and its sun is the closest in size, and the planet is closest in size. It doesn't mean much more, which is demonstrated by its number one challenge here. It orbits its sun every 4.9 Earth days, so one year equals five days. I don't know what that means, you know, in terms of plants and who knows, a biosphere. The next closest one has uh, more than 695,000 years worth of high-speed travel between us and it, but it has a Venus-like atmosphere, so I don't know why we're even putting that in the Earth Similarity Index. That is TRAPPIST-1D. The fourth is TOI-700D, it is more than, it's nearly two million years away. One day there is 37 Earth days, and number five, K272E, is nearly four million years away. But it's one of those planets that doesn't actually spin, so half of it gets no sun. And that, those are our best hopes for an Earth replacement right now, the closest Earth-like planets. Second graphic here, and this is perhaps rubbing a, uh, you know, a smoldering cigarette in the wound of this failed 
and frail logic that we should be trying to put human beings on Mars, that there's anything for us to gain other than some sort of mineral resource. Um, it's just such a emperor has no clothes situation. So 11 reasons Mars will never be a life support system is the name of this graphic. It's citation 10. You can read all the papers that back up these 11 claims here. Number one, the planet has no oxygen. It's wispy at best. Number two, the planet has no atmosphere. So you ain't going to get no oxygen anytime soon. Number three, the planet has no macro life. Number four, no known micro life. I think people are beginning to understand that as well. Microbial life is required for microbial life to exist. You have to have that in your planetary system. It's, it's not like uh, you can remove the microbes and maintain digestion or clean air, etc., etc. Number five reason Mars will never be a life support system. Its average planetary temperature is 81 degrees below Fahrenheit. Yes, it's sure it warms up every day close to the equator, but we're talking about still being too cold and 81 degrees below Fahrenheit is a little cold for plant life. Number six, the soils are not conducive to microlife in the first place. There's a lot of, uh, you know, data that hasn't really been called as it is, where NASA tries to drill a hole into the soil to take a sample and the drill bits break and break and break. Well, that means there's no soil. That means it's just rock, number one. And then there's other data from other regions in the planet that say the soils are so salty that life can't live there anytime soon. So you have to figure out how to basically build soil on a planet that has, number seven, not enough carbon to build a biosphere, since it hasn't had an atmosphere on it for about three billion years. Anything carbon-based has probably been scraped off, so it's only in the rock that's there. There might be sand, but there's, uh, there's very little to work with from an inventory standpoint. You would have to import carbon from Earth to start a biosphere on Mars. Number eight, you have the same problem with water. There's not enough planetary water to irrigate the biosphere. So sure, there's some frozen water at the poles, but if you were to thaw all of that water, you'd have very shallow oceans and lakes at planetary scale. It's not enough water to irrigate the planetary biosphere. It's not enough. There's not enough carbon or water, and there's no infrastructure to sustain it right now, atmosphere or soil. Number nine, it's going to be hard to get that infrastructure because, again, no atmosphere, and that means it's receiving deadly space radiation of all forms, whatever the solar, you know, etc. Radiation is energy moving through the atmosphere, which is, yes, everywhere. That's how we have Wi-Fi, for instance. But Mars has no defenses, so... Planetary life is going to get radiated over and over and over and over and over again until you can build an atmosphere there. Some sort of um, planetary shield, which I don't understand that science. There's also magnetics involved, and you, know, you can't just flip a switch on planetary uh, magnetism. Reason number 10, there are planet-covering dust storms on this planet. Even if it's not a planetary scale dust storm, a continental scale dust storm is a pretty big problem, et cetera, et cetera. So you have not enough water, not enough carbon, planetary scale dust storms, too much radiation, it's too cold, 
The soils are salty. There is no life there. There might have been. There's no atmosphere. And um, Earth had all of the sort of resources in place to begin forming life. So maybe if you could flip the switch in some way to begin the process here, reason number 11, Mars will never be a life support system for humans, is that Earth's biosphere, as we talked about in the previous podcast, took more than 4 billion years to develop before human beings could exist on it. So this idea that you could put a dome up there and live inside of it, I mean, your life would be limited. People are worried about COVID restrictions. You know, talking about an isolated life. Try living in a pod on a dead planet. There will be nowhere to go other than a deadly outdoors of rock and ice. Biosphere Earth. There's only one life support system. It's kind of a weird concept at first, but again, if you compare Earth to all the other planets in the known universe, they don't have this engine of life support system creation that is the other life around us. The thing that's most important to us in the known universe is the other life on this planet. The biodiversity and the integrity of the ecosystems on this planet. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the second half, which will be parts five, six, seven, and eight of the research series, The Value of Biosphere Earth. Please get outside and enjoy and support projects that help people who are trying to protect places most threatened and most valuable to all of us.